Welcome back to another episode of What We Talking About. Now, we got a great one here for you today. What a lady's at. What a lady's at. Yes, I have some special, special guests with me. Some anointed voices, some extravagant ones here. The queens are in the building with me today. Queens, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourselves. Well, all right. This first queen is Misha Jones, since we're being called queens today. <laughs> that is funny. And I'm Kali Swan. I don't have anything special to say. <laughs> yes, and we expect that to probably continue throughout the whole episode, but we'll see how it grows out. But we didn't have a little fun, you know, today. We got a little bit of a of a serious yet lighthearted conversation here. We're, we're talking about the black card and we're looking at what does it look like in 2020. Now, here's the thing. We're going to talk about what used to be the black card, what is considered to be black now, and what should it be considered to be black. We have a couple of focal points that we're going to touch to. Of course, some of y'all have heard Fat Joe's comments on this. Some of y'all have heard Candace Owens' comments on this. We're going to touch on all of that. But before we get that started, I'm going to let you know where this was birthed at. There was a social media survey about certain listing of movies. And blackness was rated on how many of these movies you have seen. Now, I'm not going to say who, but... But I think somebody's being thrown under the bus right now. I think I am. But okay, continue. continue. Well, you know, let's just say some people see more than others, and some people didn't even know the title of the movies. So. <laughs> I'm sure. I've heard of all of them. <laughs> well, he didn't name any names. Okay. He could have been me. Let's okay. no. shut up. <laughs> but let's just, let's just talk. Let's start with that first point, man. Like, you know, we've had this conversation of what it means to be black and what is the black card. Uh, just your thoughts of where you think this came from and why was that important to begin with? Let's start there. Well, let, can we first, speaking of uh, and black queen, can we first just like just have almost a moment of silence for our black queen who passed away today, Miss Guy and Carol. Yeah. I mean, uh, and she was in. Now, see, I, I could probably name. Speaking of black card, I could probably name this movie, and I'm not sure that you millennials have seen it. I'm a little old, <laughs> but one of the movies that she was in was uh, what was it, Claudine? Yes, yes. No. So you get your card taken away immediately. <laughs> well. <laughs> that was, oh my goodness and then one of and then my other black queen who sung the one of the title songs Miss Gladys Knight for Claudine for that Diane Carroll movie look now y'all do know who Gladys Knight is right we do know that okay I know that Landon. I don't know about Landon. oh I, I can name the pips what you talking about over here <laughs> oh okay you can okay. name them Okay, if you name the pips right now, like by first, no, is it first and last or we want the... Uh, Let's see, there was... First name. There was, uh, there was Uncle Ray Ray, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jumba. <laughs> Get 
your wallet. I'm about to pull your card out right now. Anyway, okay. Well, I just had to, we just could not, you know, do this podcast today without mentioning uh, our, our queen, our black queen. So, so sorry, man. So back to what you, uh, what was your question again? You said. <coughs> Landon? Repeat your question, Landon. I, I was just saying, what was the purpose of the original black card? Hmm, the original black card. I'm not sure even where the where the um, name came from or where the idea of a black card came from. Um, it, I, what my thinking is that it probably came from the fact that, you know, there was a time where, you know, where there was segregation and we were only around each other. So there was no such thing as a black car because everybody was just black. I think once we got integrated and we were mixed in with other races and then you saw people that didn't do things that were traditionally black that grew up a little bit differently whereas before we were all kind of in the same type of neighborhoods the same type of groups and so you saw you know people you know back in the day it'd be like you know somebody's whitewashed or this and that and so then I think that the black card became an issue because you saw people that were like okay she's not acting like us she's not acting like how black folks usually act and so then it became like you know, a, a bit of a separation within Black people, which, you know, we can dive into that all day as far as how integration was a negative thing for Black people in a lot of ways. It was, in a lot of ways, it was good, but in a lot of ways, it was negative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the ways that it was negative. And I think that the Black card, though, we, you know, it's fun, we play the game and we talk about it all the time amongst ourselves, but it really goes to show like the separation that we have as Black people that only became an issue when we were surrounded by other types of people. And then we were open to like different things and open to do different things. And we were able to express that openly without people looking at you crazy. But I think that's kind of where it came from. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think there's a whole lot of truth to it? There are certain things that are just black things. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about it with my girls the other day and there's certain things that they do or they say and I just have to tell you know they don't like to wear scarves to bed and I'm like look you little black girl that is what we do <laughs> but there are certain things that go without saying that black folks just do it don't matter if you grew up in a white neighborhood it don't matter where you grew up black folks are black folks there's common ground there. deep down Definitely. and so you know and a lot of us have parents that came from the south and so they did very similar things but I think that's kind of where it stems from in my opinion alright pop quiz Yes. Spaghetti. Is it a main course or a side dish? <laughs> oh, are we going into that whole spaghetti and chicken? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, right now I definitely say it's a main dish. But, you know, if, if I were to talk to some of my cousins from the South, they may say, no, it is a side dish. And there's some fried chicken that is served with it, with with, with a little bit of with salad. a little bit of salad, just a little bit on the yeah. fork. Small. When I say a little bit, I mean like maybe a <laughs> a few leaves, a few leaves, <laughs> and some ranch dressing, and some ranch dressing soaked, <laughs> soaking up the leaves. Look with some toast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a 
Toast with some butter. Oh, man. If, if you fancy, you're going to sprinkle a little cheese on the toast. That's just if you fancy. <laughs> Or you know, uh, you can do a, you can do rolls then. Look, if you get real fancy, some Hawaiian fancy. bread, some Hawaiian, but it's it's got to be Hawaiian rolls though. So we did cheese toast, old school. Yeah. Yes. Put that wheat bread in there with some cheddar cheese on it. Put yes. it in the oven. That was it. I mean, and that's just like you know when they they talk about macaroni and cheese. Is that a main dish or a side dish? And for us, what is macaroni and cheese? Uh. You know what? I think it, it depends on the setting. Mm-hmm. For me, as a mom, mm-hmm. spaghetti and mac and cheese can be a main dish mm-hmm. because it's like, listen, this is all I got for today. Spaghetti is easy. Let's do well, it. Right. But it depends. And it depends if on you how you're at a party. It's a side. Uh, I'll tell you right now, macaroni and cheese is definitely a side dish, but it is the most <laughs> important side dish. <laughs> it is an important side dish. You're right. Yeah, you have yes. to have it. You can't. You cannot have a meal without you it. Can't, you cannot have a soul food dinner, especially without. Not a big dinner. Yeah. All right. So we talk about we talk about you know some of the things about what it used to mean and and people talking about we're in the culture now, especially here in the Greater Bay Area, where we're so diverse. We we have such a mixture of cultures. Is there still a need for a black heart? Yes. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, well, the only reason, I mean, for fun, for fun. I mean, and it is that kind of like, are you still in touch with your black culture? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I and that's the thing. It's like the Bay Area, you're right. The Bay Area is uh, very diverse. And uh, we are, we as African-Americans, we, wanna, we like different, you know, genres of music, Art, you name it. And we're good at it all. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, we got that uh we got that intellectual flavor, you know, we're we've pushed a lot into like the corporate world, academia, you know, all of that. But I think it is it's pretty fun to see how connected you are still to your black culture. And I mean, I know, and even like, we, you know, you get into our young people, our kids, it's like they've gotten so far away from, you know, some of the uh, black traditional things that we've, you know, done in the past or whatever. And so some of that is like for, very foreign to them. And so it's always good to kind of, kind of check in and see well, how are we doing with as far as black culture goes. But I think it also is important to me, you know, you know, it's, it's, a blessing and a curse that the Bay Area is so diverse because you get your open your eyes are open to a lot of different things from a lot of different cultures. But I think it's important to have that. Right now, black culture is pop culture. Mm-hmm. So everything that we do becomes the the norm. It becomes the popular thing to do. And so everybody does it without knowing the background of it. So things that we've been doing since we were kids, things our our parents did when they were kids and their mama did when they were kids mm-hmm. is now popular culture. Mm-hmm. But it's like now it's like everybody like you know white girls got like that was it was not it was a, it was a fashion thing but that came out of the fact that you know we pulled our hair back and we wore braids what are we gonna do with these with our broke off edges <laughs> we gotta get our edges together but now that's the popular thing but i think there's something to be said about the you know it's it's almost i feel almost selfish with it sometimes and i think that's why black folks get offended and it's so much talk about appropriation because it was ours and we held on to it. And when it wasn't popular, that's what we were doing. And sometimes people were talking shit about the fact that we were doing it. Mm-hmm. 
but now it's become popular culture. Now everybody wants to do it. So now everybody looks the same, but everybody looks like black folks did when we were children. Mm-hmm. I think that it's important to, not that there has to be a separation of culture, but that everybody's culture is celebrated and celebrated as being theirs. I'm not gonna take something that that a Chinese person does and say that it's mine and I created it. Like, no, that's theirs. And I'm gonna appreciate the fact that you do that. And it's beautiful and I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things in every culture that I love and that I wanna celebrate that culture for doing. And I will give credit to that culture and say, this is their shit. Like, this is what they do. Now, do and you, I appreciate it. Do you think our kids don't really have a sense of ownership when it comes to some of that stuff? I mean, I think I that, believe that they don't have a yeah. sense of ownership. Yeah. And I think a lot of times I see a lot of it in the Bay Area where it's like, oh, you know, just like, you know, the whole inward discussion, which we don't have to get into because I can go all day with it. <laughs> but, you know, because our kids have grown up in such a diverse situation and parents that teach them the history and teach them, you know, about their blackness. Yeah, so they just, you know, so everybody grabs a hold and they're just part of a crew. Oh, we don't see color. It's just these are my people. But I think it's important to know who you are and to have pride in who you are, and especially for African Americans because we and to know your contribution, you know, your contribution. Yeah, and you know, a lot of pop culture to uh, politics to all of that. I mean, you know, just that you're leaders as well, and you own some of this because all these kids have something to fall back on. They can do the popular thing, and they can do the hip hop and the baby hair and nigga this and nigga that, and then they go home and they do their cultural shit with their families and they celebrate that in, on a whole on a whole separate section of their life. We don't have that. So it's like you guys have taken who we are and commercialized it and popularized it. And so then that kind of, it kind of washes away what we are the ownership that we have of who we are so it's no longer a black thing it's like oh anybody can do it mm-hmm. and you know as we have seen this week alone like you know black folks are very giving and and forgiving mm-hmm. of a lot of things because we feel you know and it's historical and i think it's been etched into us because we had to be that way mm-hmm. and so it's it's etched into our psyche but we shouldn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. We should say, you know what, this is ours. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I glad that, I'm glad that you guys appreciate it and that you love it, and I love it too. Mm-hmm. And we can high five to that and keep it pushing. Mm-hmm. But it's because so many people want to take, take, take. Then it's and then and take things that we have, like I said, we've previously been, you know, talked about for and bullied about, and now it's like, oh, this is what we do, and it's like, well that's not what you did mm-hmm. you know and it's not that long ago that we were in high school junior high school and we were the ones doing it and people were not mm-hmm. but now everybody's doing it mm-hmm. now it's the popular thing you know well and it's interesting too because I do feel like uh, there are some of us that are not really proud of a lot of the traditional uh, you know uh, like historical things that we we've done or whatever and they you know they don't have like a sense of ownership they don't they're not as proud and that's when we gotta take the black card so that exactly so that's you know that is where I'm kind of leading this back that black card that's what I meant about like sometimes you gotta check just check every now and then like uh have you ever seen Love Jones if you have not seen Love Jones I've seen Love Jones (laughs) that's my favorite movie coming to America. If you have not seen that too. So, you know, we're just kind of checking the water. That's it. Well, it brings up some interesting points uh, that we deal with, you know, because 
like I said, historically, we are a tribal people. And, you know, as the first educators, you know, when you had the colonizers coming over, we taught a lot of our culture to the colonizers who did who began to resurface the exact same things that we were doing as far as how we educate, what are the things that, that we're speaking on, and then like you and then you start seeing other people doing it. And like you said, we we've always been very acceptive and very welcoming. And you see that even in our traditional homes, right? Our traditional homes is a wide open door, you know, allowing people in and and, and fellowshipping. But you said something too about being connected to our culture, and I sent I sent out a video of uh, of a of a podcast, of a different podcast, uh, state of the culture, and I had asked for you guys to watch the first fifteen minutes of it. First of all, did that even happen? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, exactly. <laughs> Any guests that are invited onto this show, if there's a homework assignment, please complete the homework assignment. Oh, no way. I didn't even see that. I didn't see that either. Now, but well, just for the listening audience. Yes, for the listening audience. It was what it was that? speaking on some comments that Fat Joe the rapper had made. And he had made some comments saying that he considers himself black and that most or that sub Latinos are more connected to the black culture than black people. Okay, I did see that actually. With that statement, how do you how does that make you feel? Because for me, it goes two different ways. But I want to hear your side before we go into that. So well, I think we've talked a lot. Let's see, I want to hear what you what you have to say. Really. Well, here's the thing for me, right? Like it depends on what you're talking about. Because this blackness, I love this blackness. This blackness that I that I possess, the blackness that I walk with, this this demeanor, this swagger, everything that comes with it, I love it. And I don't have a choice of it. I can't take this off. And so from somebody that can do what we do, talk like we talk and be accepted by us but at the drop of a dime can say you know what I no longer want to talk like that dress like that or be looked at like that no matter how my speech is no matter how I'm dressed I am always going to be a black man and when I walk outside I cannot change the way somebody else sees me now for somebody that wants to opt in to our culture, you have the same ability to not be seen that way if you decide fit. You look at somebody like, you know, uh, Takashi Six Nine right now. He wants to disenfranchise and just, you know, with everything that 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 he was talking about before, and he can do that. I don't have that ability, but what I will say is something that that on is when you look at the Atlantic slave trade and, and you look at where Africans were placed, yeah, well, the, you have yeah. a lot of Africans that were placed in these Latin countries and mm-hmm. 
they still have a stronger connection to their origin than we do here in the in the United States. And so when you look at it from that aspect and you look at how proud of people that come from these lands, I see that. But I don't see a lot of Latinos connecting that. I don't see it. You know, Afro-Latina is like a new terminology that just popped up three and a half weeks ago. And so that's only got on on to the stage maybe since three o'clock. So that's a new thing. But I don't necessarily think that's new. No. It's not new. And and, and the thing is this too. <clears throat> uh, when I was in Colombia, um, so you saw like all the different shades of, you know, from my color to uh, deep uh deep chocolate to you just name it but anyway but the unfortunate piece there is just like like here uh there were so many advertisements about uh uh lightning whitening your skin mm. uh there were murals there now you got brown people but there are murals that are there with kids with and and, the, and you know unfortunately it was like missionaries that came over or whatever have you through these murals of like white skin blue eyes green eyes and red hair and i'm looking at these brown kids going this does not reflect who is sitting in these seats here or who's here and so it's sort of like that uh they still have the mindset of of that whole colonization piece too you know even though they were they're there they're, it still was a a colonization piece you know and I and uh, it's unfortunate that once again even you know a, in another place other than America uh, they are actually seeing brown skin as lesser well that's worldwide that's that is worldwide and and it, and you know and it's just unfortunate it really really is but I think what it is what's happening now is this you have this movement where people are really trying to connect with their with their blackness, and I think that that's kind of even where uh, uh, who was it again? It was Fat Joe. Mm -hmm. I think that that's kind of where he's going too. Where it's like you know, for so long you've tried to, you know, be something that you're not, but now it's like now worldwide we are trying to connect more with the natural hair, the uh, brown skin. The, so well, I think that's half of it. I think half of it is for some people it is the connection. Mm. I think for the other, it goes back to it being the popular thing. Mm -hmm. So right now, everybody's a curly girl. You know, I go on these on these Instagram pages of natural hair and, oh, it's curly this. And we have all these struggles. And you see chicks that are not black girls that don't have the black girl hair struggle. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I got curly hair. This is what, And I'm just like, no, that's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a mixture of the two. Some people trying to connect with their roots. But there's also that that popular thing that comes in. But to go back to what Landon said about people being able to turn it off. Yeah. So it's popular now. Mm -hmm. And so when you decide that you don't want to be as black, you don't want to really mm -hmm. claim the blackness, you don't have to claim it. Mm -hmm. And then you can do away with it. Mm -hmm. But but also to that point, you go in Puerto Rico and and Cuba and you know these Spanish countries and in a lot of places. It's just like it is here where America, people got dropped off and people got mixed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have all this different blood in you, but you are black people. There are black people darker than me and lots of, you know, darker than all of us. 
in lots of places lots and of they places. are black people mm-hmm. and i think that the issue comes when it's if you're just deciding how mm-hmm. or is who you have connected with and what you've been because some people are like i'm puerto rican i'm puerto rican i'm puerto rican they don't claim they're black but mm-hmm. you can see it mm-hmm. i can look at you and see it mm-hmm. but they don't want to claim it and then they don't have to if they don't want to mm-hmm. depending on whether or not they let their fade grow out mm-hmm. you feel me mm-hmm. or whether or not they decide not to straighten their hair right well, I, I mean, like I said, I think that what I'm what I'm liking is the fact that, and you know, of course, you know, we got the internet now with, you know, everybody seeing everybody around the world and whatever have you. So you're not in your just your own little segregated uh, place or whatever. And so we're starting to. That's why I meant by like even the movement. So it's becoming like this thing of like, okay, you know, like it's okay to be black. Yeah, you know, I mean, but I mean, you know, but, but that goes to like, you know, you teach your kids something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that from Jump Street, and and my parents were the same way. You know, my parents grew up segregated South, mm-hmm. and so it was always a subject in my household. Mm-hmm. It was it was never lost on us at all whatsoever mm-hmm. that you guys are black people. We are proud of who we are. We had to learn. It, it, we were not learning it in school. We were learning it at home. Mm-hmm. We were learning. Like we knew our black history and we were very, very connected. Mm-hmm. And where you have and you know, for me, you know, I didn't I didn't grow up in the hood. Mm-hmm. I've never claimed that. Mm-hmm. And I got backlash in a lot of ways because of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, no, you know, you you know, you you're whitewashed. And I'm like, I everybody know me, I've never been whitewashed a day mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. But because of how I grew up it's like you're not as black mm-hmm. because you're not from the hood mm-hmm. and i'm like that's not what it means mm-hmm. and i think that goes a lot to this the black card conversation mm-hmm. because it's like okay so you grew up in a two-person you know two-parent household for the most part mm-hmm. you know your dad is a dentist your mom is a professional mm-hmm. you guys got to go on vacations you guys got to do these things you live on top of a hill blah 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 blah, blah. Okay. and so you're not as black and to me it was never about if you growing up in the hood doesn't make you black mm-hmm. and if you were if you had a measure of the blackness i'm a whole lot more conscious than a lot of people that grew up with in the hood well because of the fact that my parents instilled certain things in me so i always knew how black i was i always knew to be proud of it and so therefore i teach my kids that do and you so think that because of how you grew up it was an intentional thing on your parents part i don't even think so i think there's a certain level of it of it being that you know there's I grew up in San Jose so there's not as many of us around so they so I think there's a lot of components to that Mm -hmm. so I think you know there's there's not as many of us around Mm -hmm. so we have to teach it Mm -hmm. but because again of how my parents grew up Mm -hmm. in Tennessee and Alabama Mm -hmm. during civil rights movements Mm -hmm. and they experienced a lot of things where they grew up Mm-hmm. And so they were very proud of it. Mm-hmm. And so they, you know, they instilled that as well. Well, it's interesting because like even, uh, so my mom is from uh, Texas too. And, and uh, she went to an all black uh, high school. And I mean, blackness is all she really knew. Exactly. And so when I started to go to Berkeley High, it was like, hey, I'm exposed to so everybody. to everybody. And then even started dating outside of my, you know, my race and my mom had this fear of like I mean because it's her background you know I, I, I'm from the south and it's like you're dating someone white now what do you want you for all of that you know so exactly because you know 
where she was from, you know, black women, black bodies were sexual, you know, sexualized by, you know, someone uh, um, white by white men, exactly. And so it's so then when you see your daughter who is out in the world here, you know, <laughs> being free, being free, like what? <laughs> strawberry and vanilla and. <laughs> Because yeah. you got to understand, I grew up in Oakland, too. Oakland and, uh, well, so I, I always say I had a, a bit of a, 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 the best of two worlds. I had, like, some south, some south you know, a, a southern experience and an urban uh, experience. And uh, my southern was when I would go and stay with my grandmother in the south for the summer, you know, hang out with my cousins and, and uh, then here in Oakland. But it was very black, mm-hmm. you know, I mean... <laughs> We weren't, uh, just, <laughs> no mistake, you know, no mistake. It was a very black upbringing. So when I got to high school and, you know, was around the Berkeley Heights, <laughs> then it was like, oh, there is other cultures other than just my black, you know, culture that I'm used to. And I mean, and that was, I think that was a good thing for me, but I think for my mom, it was like, okay, now be careful. Right. You know, because she was very concerned about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely because of her upbringing. And I I definitely understand that now, too, as an older person, you know, you're like, okay, I can understand her fear, Mm -hmm. you know. But anyway, so, but my father, who is very black, definitely, I can, listen, he's got about three black cards. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, three black cards, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think there's, like, there's different levels to the black card, right? right? right. So you have that, like, I love know. that. I love how you say that. There's there diff- like the American Express card. I mean, but different there's levels, levels to, to it. it. Yeah. So you got that, like, that hood nigga. Right. Black card, <laughs> you know, that everybody, and that's, and that's the popular one. So everybody's like, oh, so you don't know this, you're not black. Right. You don't know this, you're not black. Right. connected to the homeland and he goes you know he does work he you know does work in Jamaica does work in Haiti does work in Africa to help black people worldwide and so I had that connection too where it's like it's not about us here in America all the time but but it's connecting to your roots and these are our people this is where we came from so recognize that Mm -hmm. and these are the people that we are connected to. This is where we come from. Yeah. So you need to have pride in that as well. So we've always had a very tight connection. Everybody's like, oh, you just love Jamaica. And I'm like, yeah, I love it because my well, dad graduated from dental school and it, went to work in Jamaica in the city that was two streets. Right. And that was it. Well, I love how people said, I mean, how you've heard other say that our story did not start. Right. I mean, we our story did not start as slavery. So I love when people say that because it's like they're right. 
because so, that's not the story that defines us. If we let if we let it start from slavery and that's all that you know and you let that define you mm-hmm. as your as mm-hmm. and you as a black person, mm-hmm. then of course you're gonna feel right. depressed. Of course you're gonna be self-destructive yes. because that's all you have to draw on. Right. If you draw on the fact that you that your people were did not start off being slaves, but they started yes. off being kings and queens. Yes. And they started off and they revolutionized the entire world yeah. as we know it. Yes. Then you take pride in who you are as a black person. Then that's when you're like, okay, I'm a whole type to this right. because I have pride in it. Because even like when they teach history, you know, uh, to our to our our young people. I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, of course, you know, they're going to talk about America's tragic uh, history, but I feel like it should be coupled up with all the uh, contributions that, uh, you know, that Black people have made to this country. I mean, you know, because it can be for our young people, I think, quite, um, it just kind of make you almost feel as though you are, you know, you are nothing. You are... Well, when you deal with where... You deal with history, right? And we learn American history mm-hmm. as taught to us by white people as have how, as, they, as they have designed it. Then you get one story. Then you talk about your history in other ways, and it's and then you you know you look at black people in the media, black people on television. The image that they give us mm-hmm. is very very different mm-hmm. than what we know if you have an education and you have a pride mm-hmm. in who you are, right? So if that's all that you're taking, mm-hmm. then you think about yourself in a certain way. Yeah. And that's all that they're going to teach. Well, that you get to. Sorry, I didn't catch you off. But when you get to like Black History Month, and in my kids' school, if you're not in an area with a lot of black folks, you get nothing. And I'm like, when my kids started school, I'm like, okay, so what are we doing for Black History Month? And they're like, oh, well, you know, we touch on, you know, little Martin Luther King. I'm like, no, 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 no. And so I'm that woman that I'm like, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I go to the school, Black History Month every day in the morning. First of all, you take your Black History self. (laughs) Yes, I do. I do my research year round. I'm like, I'm I'm taking screenshots of different things that I see. And I told the principal, like, for Black History Month, I want to come in and I want to do an announcement every morning for Black History Month. Mm-hmm. And so every day of Black History Month, I go in there in the morning and I do a Black History Month moment. And so everybody's going to get it. Right. One way or the other. Right. My kids are going to get it. Right. And they're going to know that it's important to me. Mm-hmm. And so already, you know, from a I young mean, because age. because that does were, something but... to a child's, like, self-esteem. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, it, it makes them feel more confident about who they are as a black and person. And then let them know that too. they are then, seen. When you're in a, in a school of 600 kids and there's five of you, yes. it lets you know that, guess what? I see you. Mm-hmm. And then the black parents come to me because I'm present and I'm there. I'm the PTA president mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but, you know, they, and they come to me like, listen, that's my kid. I'm like, listen, check this out. I didn't know who your kid is. Mm-hmm. And if I see a black kid in the office, I'm like, okay, so what's up? Mm-hmm. What happened? What'd you do? Mm-hmm. What happened? You know, what's going on? I'm asking questions mm-hmm. because as as a people, like he said, we're tribal people. I feel protective of our kids, period. It doesn't matter if they're mine. It doesn't matter if I see them out on the street. I feel protective of that. And I want to make sure that if you're in a situation, especially in, in, in the Bay Area where, yeah, there are black people, but they're in pockets where it's not like the South, where it's just black people everywhere, which I love, by the way. Houston, shout out. But, um, you know, when it's not, when we are not as present and people don't acknowledge it, I just want our kids to know and for take us to know that we are Take note of this, parents. Take note of this because it is that, I mean, you being very present. 
And somebody has to step and up. And it's has not to, just the right. principals and the teachers and the educators. Sometimes as the parent, you have to find your way in there. Because I know when my kids started school, I'm like, I am not joining the PTA. <laughs> Screw that. I am not a PTA mom. I am but not old. You, I'm not going to do it. You found but I got involved and I saw what was lacking yep. for our kids. And you can only do so much from the parent mm-hmm. standpoint as far as curriculum. Mm-hmm. But you can you can sneak it in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to find a way to get it in there. Okay. And I told him, I'm like, my child. Well, it's like being at the table, being at the table. Yeah, and it's like people see people see you. You have a voice, you know, and and it's a legitimate voice. You are a parent there. You are an African American woman, and then they and know that you're going to be the one talking about the black. So we have to be on our P's and Q's absolutely. because they know college is coming, right. and I'm going to ask a question. Mm-hmm. But again, that's what my dad did for me, and mm-hmm. that's what my my mom and my dad did for me. And I went to an all white Catholic high school, mm-hmm. and there was not a whole, you know, there was a black presence but it was on a very small scale well it kind of goes back to what you and Landon are talking about the whole tribal piece and it takes a village because unfortunately not everyone was raised with you know those conversations that you had in your house and and then even for you wanting to be an advocate you know in a way and uh for these for these people for these five for the five kids. We stepped it up to the middle. <laughs> right. But it's like, you know, to have you there, it's like this is one of the look, one of the village people. Come on. Well, see, and, that, and, that's, and that's, that's a beautiful thing because that's one of our strengths is the fact that we have this tribal or this family dynamic within ourselves that it's a natural thing that we pull from. And that's one of the things that is under attack at the same time. They, yes. they attack the black family because of the strength in it. And a lot of us don't really realize what that means. Like, let me let me get this, let me just say this right now because this will be a whole nother conversation. Say it so it's out there, right? So like when you have the term nigger, and one of the things that bother me the most is when I hear people say it's a term of endearment. No, it's not. A term of endearment is when we were calling each other sister and brother. It's a term of endearment. And, and auntie and, you know, because I love hearing like the, uh, you know, African kids that come over and they they call you auntie as a form of respect. Everybody, and even though you're not their auntie. But it's auntie or like, miss. We, call, we yeah. call everybody miss. Something. Now that's the southern thing. Yeah, so you better, ha- wait, listen, you better put a handle on it. You better put oh, a yeah, handle yeah, on absolutely. it. Don't just walk up to, uh, no, okay, but anyway. my kids' friends come up and they're like, "Um, Kylie," and I'm like, oh, "What?" what? <laughs> and my kids, I'm like, "Listen, you don't call nobody by their first name, it's Miss or Mrs. Mm-hmm. Last name." Absolutely. No. But I'm not. What I'm not a person that has an issue with the N word like that. But you know, we we like you said, we could talk about yeah, that today. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah, that may have to be. That's another too. conversation. So we're not gonna walk totally far down that road. But my point of the matter is, is that we have to we have to look at the point of where our strengths are and as a community our strength was the fact that we are family and we like you said we can look out and advocate for each other i'm gonna let the world in on something right now like there's a certain thing in black people like there's a certain thing and, and like that certain thing is like you at the grocery store and you got your kids with you and you're at the line and you realize that you left your wallet or your purse in the car. 
Now, I'm going to tell you right now, like there's a certain psychology thing that makes you feel comfortable leaving your kids with a random black person to go get your stuff real quick. You might not do it, but you think it. But when you see somebody else standing behind you, there's no way you're comfortable leaving your kids with somebody else. Let me just say this. Let, let me let me step in. Wait, that's 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 daddy's talking. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying the comfort. I will give you the fact that there's a comfort level enough for you to look at the black person and say, hmm, I wonder if. Mm-hmm. Let me look at them and see if I can. Now, some the others, I'm not going to do that at all. So I will say there is that. Yes, that's all but, I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not yeah. telling. Listen, I'm not telling you to leave your kids with me in the middle of the grocery store when you see. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I understand. Yeah, that's, the, that's a whole other uh, podcast. Daddy versus Mama. What would Mama do? What I'm just say. Yo, and let me let me let me tell y'all something about my sister right here because I I have to let this be known. Don't let her fool you with all this San Jose talk. I run into her in Oakland all the time. All the time. <laughs> let's let, let me not let me not fool you. Listen, let me just shout out Oakland. Just a little bit of backstory. I've worked in Oakland last seven eight years. I love Oakland. I love the culture of Oakland. I don't go out in San Jose ever because ain't none of us out there. And I, I, I just love. I like being in Oakland. Go. I like being there. And so you know, like when like the whole gentrification that's going on in Oakland, like I feel strongly about it because that's like my second home. Like that's where my my social life is. That's where my people are. That's where my friends are. But I always felt like, and I think that maybe a lot of people in the for me going up in the Bay Area, there were certain places where you can go and that's like, okay, I know that that's where mm-hmm. my folks are. Mm-hmm. So it's like you knew that if you were going to a legitimate black function, mm-hmm. it was going to be in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. like, It's like, where else would it be? Where yeah, else like, would Oakland it be? Oakland is like home for like black folks in San Jose as far as I was concerned. And again, I just lived a life where my parents were like, we're not good. We're not going to just be here. You know, my sister lived in Oakland. Um, my dad had a, a dental office in, in Menlo Park, East Palo Alto area. So I saw that and they exposed us to a lot of things. And I'm like, I, I love Oakland for everything that it was. What it's turning into is, is something totally different. But I will say that still now, when there when there's something, there's a festival oh, yeah, going on. Festival. Was, Look, barbecue and wild black. <laughs> Shut down. Right. They were so mad they couldn't get home. They didn't know what to do, and I was like, you know what? I love it. Right. I love it. Yes. 
because I, you know, just in the time that I've been there, in the in the few years that I've been there, I know it hasn't been a lifetime and all that. I didn't grow up there and all that stuff, but I took pride in the fact that it was my folks doing this. Like yes. we got this. Yes. And so as the tribal people Oakland, that we are, I, I mean, shout out to Oakland. I mean, all I day. love Oakland. All For day. the simple fact that 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 my people, the Black Panthers, were there. And that's the like that's a that's a bare area pride for me. Like that's us. Yes. Doing that. Yes. So it doesn't take for me to have grown up there or be from there. Mm-hmm. But I take pride in the fact that black folks do stuff wherever they do it. Just like Issa Ray said, I root for black people no matter where they are and and, and if they're doing something positive, mm-hmm. I wanna see them win. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. I think that Oakland mobilizes very well. Yes. Uh, mobilizes people very well. I mean, like you said, just even the uh, barbecuing while, while black. It's like that with us. We we saw a problem, an issue. You want to make it an issue? We'll make it an issue. And it was well organized. Yes. Very well done. And the fact that gentrification can't kill it. And, and you know, yes. the establishment that I work at, that was the first place where I saw like a meeting of black people come together like old school and just talking about community and community and our our black community and what are we going to do to improve certain situations that's the first time i've ever even been to a situation like that Mm -hmm. and i didn't know exactly what i was walking into but i'm like oh it's at the spot let me go uh, you know check it out whatever and i was there Mm -hmm. to just be a support and i'm like this is this is what we need to be doing all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was really just a fight, like this is what's happening in our community, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. What are some solutions? What can we do to hold on to who we are? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, this is what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it comes from the soul of who Oakland is. Mm-hmm. And it's the soul of Oakland that I love. Absolutely. And so that's why I'm always there. Absolutely. <laughs> and just for a wrap, because we are, we are definitely going to have to do a part two, because I really want us to get into the effects that the black community is dealing with now and what we can do uh, to balance that out in the future. But just to give you, like I said, like there's nothing, I, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with San Jose when I say this, but just to give you a, a complex of those of my listeners, because we have listeners all over the place to understand what I'm talking about. We have a freeway called 880. It starts in San Jose. It ends in West Oakland. Like so, that's like, and it gets it gets blacker. The, the more you move up 880, the far, further north you go, the blacker. It gets. So I'm just saying that's, that's <laughs> is scale. Right what the purpose of it even being there, and why it was there, like the history of it. Talk about it to divide us even more. Is that what you're talking about? Or which where, where you go? No, I w- I'm just saying like when when you think of towns and cities, like this is a, a major freeway, and there's two ends of the freeway. Yeah. So just just to make that point. where it starts and where it ends, right? But do you, but you do know there is a history for both A80 and five Oh, absolutely. As far as separating. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, we could even get into that the next time. Absolutely, and, and, it, and it has to do with air quality and everything, life expectancy. Trust me, I have the studies on all that, so we can really break, we can really break that down. Absolute visual. But you know what I will say though, what I. What I do love about us, even even though yes, we uh, you know are we are definitely you know um, we should be steeped in our culture too as well. But I like how we are moving around the world, how we are finding out about other other cultures, 
So it's like, that's, we're definitely not saying don't find out about uh, other cultures. And so, wait, I, can I tell this little story uh, before? we? Had, so I had gone to uh, Sweden, right? And so came back and wanted to uh, cook breakfast for my, my black family. <laughs> and so I decided with my black self, to cook a Swedish meal for my black family. Now, this was a holiday thing. So we, what we used to do is kind of like have like uh, uh, break, uh, holiday breakfast, you know, like the uh, Christmas Eve or something like that at somebody uh, at a person's house and then Christmas dinner somewhere else. But anyway, so I decided to host this and uh, <laughs> did a lot of uh, Ikea stuff. Mm. You know, <laughs> some meatballs and some, <laughs> some, right? <laughs> and it was very, uh, very, very Swedish. And my black family was like, I'm sorry, where are the smothered potatoes? Where is, I'm telling you, I got talked about so bad. It was like, what are you doing to us? I they know. probably should bring it up now. They probably remember when, like, remember when she tried to introduce us to the, uh, the Swedish culture? That's the black party. <laughs> trying to integrate into <laughs> I said I would never do that again. So I mean bits and pieces. I mean just like small bites, you know, small bites. You know, the black card the black card is complex. It's complex. <laughs> and and I like how you said earlier, we got we have more than one. We have we got, we got like American Express. I don't think it has anything to do with how many black movies we've seen though, by the way. <laughs> See, see, we 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 can get into that. But speaking of black movies, I will say this: there's a reason why Wakanda wanted to come to Oakland. I'll just keep it right there, where we talk about black movies and how we're integrated here in the Bay Area. But love the conversation. If y'all love this conversation, please don't don't feel shy to share, repost, hit that applaud button. Uh, we love to hear y'all more. Make sure you leave your comments. We will definitely have a part two because there's so much more we want to go with this, but we really just wanted to touch the basis on this and change the narrative. The same reason why we did the Black Men Don't Cheat podcast is because it's important that we are talking about what is actually out there versus what the media is portraying us and changing the narrative. So we're going to keep having this conversation. We're going to keep bringing on people. And you know what it is. What we're talking about is not just a question. It's a statement. The reason why you come to this podcast is what we're talking about. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. I want to thank my guests for coming in and uh, and giving us our, their voice. And when I say they're my sisters, I mean that. Like, I really, really mean that. Oh, thank you, Landon. Love you. Oh, no, look at him. Thank y'all. So okay. Landon, yes. can I also say one last thing? Absolutely. Please? Please do not have a soulful dinner without some yams. Okay, that's <laughs> There are requirements. There are definitely requirements. <laughs> Send that stuff in the comments. Let me know. With some brown sugar. No, if, if you're going to make greens, you got to have cornbread. That's a rule. But make sure you know the requirements. But until then, it's what we're talking about. Thank y'all so much for, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.